Hi, I'm Rosella Capella Zielinski, professor at Boston University and visiting fellow at the Clemens Center for National Security at UT Austin. And I'm Ryan Grauer, professor in the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Pittsburgh. We have some exciting new research on battlefield coalitions with the Journal of Strategic Studies. We started this project about five years ago to understand what types of groups fight better than others on the battlefield, and this has some big implications for the future of warfare. As we think about the Indo-Pacific, the composition and performance of battlefield coalitions may be decisive. How can the historical record help us figure out which coalitions are the most efficient and effective and why? So let's begin. Ryan, what is a battlefield coalition? Well, using our fancy academic definition, battlefield coalitions are amalgams of officers, troops, and material brought together by multiple distinct actors for the purpose of jointly waging combat on the in the same operational battle space. Stepping out of the academic language, what we're interested in are collective forces comprised of multiple military units deployed to operate side by side on the battlefield. They exist at the operational and tactical levels of war. Basically, they're the collectives that fight at the pointy end of the military sphere. And to get our hands around who these groups are and how they fought over time, we collected a whole bunch of new data. So to do that, we documented all major land battles from 1900 to 2003. That encompasses 492 battles, 984 belligerent sides, and 62 wars. What we found was both surprising and unsurprising. So the first thing we found is they're quite common. A quarter of all belligerent sides since uh, the beginning of the century were fought by belligerents, um, and they're much more common recently. 50% of all belligerent sides since the end of the Cold War were fought by battlefield coalitions. The second thing is they're more successful. They win more often than fighting alone. 45% of the time versus 54, 45, sorry, 54% of the time versus 45% um, of fighting alone. And third, they're more efficient than solo belligerents with a 21% casualty rate versus a 25% casualty rate. But not all battlefield coalitions are the same. Right. Digging into our data a little bit deeper, we examined battlefield coalitions along a couple of dimensions that existing scholarship suggests affects how well belligerents fight on the battlefield. So the first set of coalitions we looked at were those that included U.S. forces and those that didn't. And it turns out the battlefield coalitions where the U.S. forces were involved fought a lot more efficiently and a lot more effectively. They won 87% of the time and suffered a casualty rate on average of about 17%. Battlefield coalitions without U.S. military forces won only about a third of the time, and they suffered casualty rates of nearly 25%. The second dimension along which we looked at battlefield coalitions is whether or not there were military forces from democracies involved. And it turns out that battlefield coalitions with democratic military forces won about twice as often as battlefield coalitions that didn't have any democratic forces. Then the third dimension along which we compared battlefield coalitions was whether or not at least two members had a pre-existing treaty obligation to come to one another's aid in the event of war. And it turns out that if two members had such an agreement, those battlefield coalitions won 65% of the time. Battlefield coalitions where there weren't members with such agreements won a little less than half the time, about 47%. So based on these historical patterns, the U.S. is set to fight well in the Indo-Pacific. The pros, the U.S. will likely be involved in multiple battlefield coalitions, 
mostly fighting alongside democracies, some with which it has treaty relationships. And to bring this home, since the end of the Cold War, battlefield coalitions that included only states, U.S. forces, and at least two members with a pre-existing defense commitment to one another won all of their fights. Right, but it's not all good news. Another way that we looked at battlefield coalitions was whether or not the members had recently fought together in combat. And it turns out that if battlefield coalition members hadn't fought at least one major battle together in the past 25 years, their chances of winning dropped significantly. Across all dimensions, whether the U.S. was involved, democracies were involved, or there were treaty obligations, battlefield coalitions that hadn't fought together recently were 15 to 20 percent less likely to win. Well, and there is some hope here. And the United States is working really hard to overcome some of these deficiencies, promoting interoperability with joint exercises, weapons platform sales, and thinking about how to uh, coordinate on the battlefield with various commands and control structures. So there is some hope here. Right. Uh, And this is only one implication of the many different findings that we've reported in our new research, uh, as I said, available in the Journal of Strategic Studies. So if you're interested in this, please do check out our article and also check out our fantastic new data set, Belligerence in Battle. You can find that on my website at www.ryangrower.com. And if the topic of battlefield coalitions more generally is something that interests you, we're going to have a new special issue with the Journal of Strategic Studies published soon, which looks at who these groups are, how they operate, how they fight, and what they achieve in much more detail.